Dalvin Cook is back at practice, this time with the New York Jets, and he says gangrene, well, they're realistic Super Bowl contenders. Let's dive into that and much, much more on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, and welcome in to Locked On NFL. I'm James Erpine. He is Tony Wiggins. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in what is uh, a busy, busy time throughout the NFL. And Tony, we are, well, less than two weeks away from the start of the regular season. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. And one person that is probably pretty excited to have a change of scenery, Dalvin Cook. He was back at practice for the first time on Tuesday and he had some choice words. We'll get into those in just a second. But today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And it was pretty simple. Dalvin Cook said, quote, I think it's very realistic that the Jets could win the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, you look at the roster, the people we've added, and the things that we already had, just combining that in one, I think it's something to be excited about. We just got to go out there and do our part. Fair or foul, Tony, that it's realistic to expect the Jets to make a push for the Super Bowl this season. Oh, it's fair, but the thing that kills me is when you say that, uh, if you're Dalvin Cook, you're not really saying much. I would, I would, I would, even if he had won a Super Bowl before, I would still go, what else are you supposed to say? Right. But the thing about it is, uh, the first thing when you told me he said that, I was like, well, how do you know? You've never been there other than just optimism. And, and maybe you're saying, okay, you from a, just like I do from an observing standpoint, you know what it looks like for a team to win the Super Bowl. But how do you know? I think a lot of it depends on the offensive line. I don't think it depends on how much Aaron Rodgers has left or if he's the mm-hmm. same guy. I don't I don't think that. We've seen lesser quarterbacks than a guy who's half as good as Aaron Rodgers uh, be on a team that was good enough to win the, the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of it is how good is Robert Sala? How good is he really? Mm-hmm. How good is Nathaniel Hackett? Really? Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things will determine how far they go. But, yeah, I, think it's, I don't think it's unreal expectations to think that if you have a first ballot Hall of Fame at quarterback, You have a a nice receiving core. You have an all-world defensive player on the front and the back end of your team, and then you sprinkle in a nice little group of veterans. No, it's not out of the question that you think you're going to win it. Agreed. I agree on the surface with that, and you look at the talent they have, and and I totally understand it. I do think part of the reason Dalvin is there is because Aaron Rodgers said, man, you're the missing piece. I just re- redid my deal. I-, I want you here. Find a way to get you here. I, I think he's going to play a pretty big role in that offense, and that doesn't mean Brees Hall won't either. Of course he will. Uh, I- he also went on to say, by the way, Dalvin Cook, that's why I came. That's why I'm here, to help any way I can to get to where we need to go. A- and so it's easy to say that now. I think you look at that Jets schedule, and that's the, p- the part of this, this whole Jets experiment. And, and it – to me, it's because it's the Jets that people doubt them. But the talent is there. But the fact that you have to start Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, that's a brutal first month. I mean, I 
and and then you get the Broncos, and then you get the Eagles. I mean, it's uh that's a, a tough stretch. So it's not out of the window to say that you, you that three and three is is likely. Oh, I it's mean, at Dallas, at Dallas after the Bills. I mean, I know you're at home against the Bills, but that's a tough one. The if, Patriots, you that, if you assume that they split with the Bills, so you say they're one and one after those first two. But I'm saying it's not. It's not. They could start zero and two. Yeah, they could, and they also could start five and one. They they oh. could do that too. I doubt yeah. it, but I think that's highly unlikely. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think zero and two. If I had to rank, I would go one and one. It's the NFL. They mm-hmm. find a way to get one of those two games, but then I would say zero and two before I would say two and zero. Mm. Okay, you would not. You wouldn't. No, I probably would. I mean, I mean, Cowboys. It's one thing to play the Cowboys. I get it, but to go there, it's different. I mean, it is, it's loud and they got Micah Parsons and we're talking about offensive line issues and all of those things. But I I think you're right about one thing. A lot of people look at Aaron Rodgers and go that route with, he's going to make or break this team. I don't know if it's that. Do they have a good head coach? Does that rah-rah high school style almost that we've seen on hard knocks, does that work? I think that's the part uh, with, uh, with Robert, Robert Sala. Uh, Sala. I'm, yeah, I was going to say it wrong, and that's why mm-hmm. Robert Sala, that uh, that you have to figure out. Because if it works and you tell me he's a top 15 head coach, I think they'll be fine. I've seen teams overcome eh, offensive lines, mm-hmm. even guys with you know old quarterbacks behind them. I think you can do that in this day and age with the quick game, the smart quarterback that can read the defense. Rodgers can do all of those things, and, and they obviously have talent. So that part of it is is doable. But is Robert uh, Sala the right guy? I think that is a big question and something we'll get the answer to this season. I, I think when you look at these matchups, though, uh, just like you mentioned Michael Parsons, like, for instance, when you look at Dallas, hmm. I think Quentin Williams is a bigger problem for Dak Prescott than Michael Parsons will be for Aaron Rodgers because I think Rodgers can get rid of the ball really, really quickly. And I think Sauce Gardner, like, so that's what I mean when you have these dudes that match up. Sauce Gardner's going to match up with CD and make it a long day. He's going to make it a long So you have elements that can negate the advantages that a lot of teams have when you have those really, really good players like that. And uh, with a heady, smart quarterback, I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers under 500 after six weeks. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to even allow myself to get sucked into that hole and imagining him being under 500 after three weeks. Do you think I mean, they're the best team? Do you think they're the best team in their own city? I gotta watch them. Uh, that's a good question. I think they're better than the Giants, but I think the okay. Giants don't play in a stronger uh, a division that strong. And then I do believe that the one thing the Giants have going for them is I think they're really, really tough defensively, and that team is sort of taking on the identity of Brian Dayball. And you're going to see it this year. Daniel Jones is going to be really, really solid this year because now he has a lot more weapons. But listen, he has Darren Waller. And if Darren Waller stays healthy, we have to remember Brian Dayball is a tight ends coach at his core. So he is going to use him in ways that for some reason, Josh McDaniel, I know the guy was out last week, but I just wouldn't have traded him. Why would you get rid of him? If he's healthy, why would you get rid of him? So if he's – if he's that good with Daniel Jones being able to move his legs, move, uh, you know, he has a real good getaway car, and he throws the ball really well too. I just think that team is sort of you know who, what their identity is. The thing with Aaron, adding Aaron to the Jets is you don't know what their identity is, 
he's whatever they are is going to be what he is. It's not like he's going to come in and just blend in. No, they didn't pay him to come in here and blend in. They wanted him to come in and be Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be a a tale of who adapts the quickest out of the gate. And for me, Mm -hmm. I think the team that's already who they are, the Giants, and they play in a weaker division. They may not be better than the Jets, but they may be better off than the Jets. How about that one? Let's uh, let's stick with the same conference as the Giants as we flip from the Jets to the Giants to now three other NFC quarterbacks. I have three guys I want to run by you and kind of do a stock watch because to me, this might have changed in a hurry for a lot of people. And I, I want to know where you're at. I'll give you where I'm at. And one of those guys includes Dak Prescott, who well, we already mentioned earlier in the podcast. We will do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a one-stop shop for all things hiring. If you're trying to find the perfect hire, you need to get to LinkedIn right now because you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need LinkedIn jobs. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And it's because they do things efficiently and it's simple, effective ways. Like, let's see, screening questions that are going to help you find the candidates with the right experience, find the candidates with the right background that you're looking for to fill that role on your team so you can make the right choice. You can start interviewing the right candidates and find the right hire right away. So go to LinkedIn job, LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So again, LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. Terms and conditions apply. What applies to you is the fact that the Locked on NFL podcast, daily NFL podcast, where it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. This is the Wednesday edition with Tony and James. Uh, day after cutdowns, nothing crazy to really, really uh, report. So we're going to talk about stock, the stock watch. Dak, Kyler, and Kirk. I just saw my man Peter Bukowski said, Jordan Love isn't any good. Kirk Cousins will be available for the Packers. That's almost sacrilegious to talk about Kirk Cousins quarterbacking outside of Minnesota and in Green Bay. So Peter Bukowski is also paying attention to the stock watch. So run with it, James. This is your topic, and I really, really love it, so I want you to take the lead. Well, I I think a lot of people right now would have it Dak, Kirk, Kyler. I think that's just where people would would have it. If you ask the casual fan in in Times Square right now or you go across the country, you go to Seattle, I think that's just where they would be ranked. I, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and it it feels like Arizona is all in, on that number one pick, which we could maybe discuss. But if you're willing to take a chance on Trey Lance for a fourth mm. rounder, if you're willing to take a chance on insert whatever quarterback, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or this guy or that guy, Kyler, I'd be willing to take a chance on Kyler Murray. And, and so stock watch wise, the lowest might be Kyler of these three. That's the guy that I'm, a, if I'm an NFL GM or an NFL owner, and maybe you're your 10th in the draft order coming in into the, the 2024 draft and you can't get one of these guys on a rookie deal. Kyler's the guy I would be interested in. 
that's the guy I would try to acquire because there's a scenario where all three guys are available next offseason. There's a reason Trey Lance got added to the Cowboys, and it, it might be a long shot, but there is a chance, a path, where he shows enough. Dak in, in that extension d- j- talks with the Cowboys go awry, and they say, you know what, let's let's try to get what we can for Dak right now. That might not mean Trey Lance is the guy that replaces Dak, but I, I think they're at least thinking about it uh, as a potential path that could happen later. And that's what NFL teams, that's their job, to, to have backup plans just in case. One of my deep backup plans would be trading for Kyler Murray. And I know he comes with a lot of flaws, but I would probably do that before signing Kirk Cousins, for example, or going after Dak via trade, for example, because I don't think he'll cost as much. And I think he might end up being the best of the three after he recovers from this knee injury. Yeah, I'm a little bit um, I'm a little bit hesitant on Kyler Murray. Um, dynamic. Certainly. So I'm not going to have that whole discussion about runner versus thrower. And we've seen guys who use their legs who who won MVP. So I'm not going there. My issue with him is where there's smoke, there's fire when it comes to clauses and contracts, when it comes to things that a former teammate, a, a potential Hall of Famer, Patrick Peterson, has said about him once they left. Um body language quarterback is different man than any other thing you know point guard is sort of like that but you can get away with it in the nba but quarterback man you you have to really really be different and what i mean by different is you have to be different but the same as as most of the guys who've been successful that have uh, played quarterback in the nfl you're the face of the franchise you're you can't be pouting. They 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 can't be putting clauses in your contracts. And I know they they kind of walked it back a little bit and and but all of that stuff, man, is just it just kind of rubs me the wrong way when it comes to I'll give you a perfect example. I was a Washington fan back in the day with Robert Griffin. Mm-hmm. Robert, if you listen to RG3, he's a smart, articulate dude, uh, likable to a certain degree, I guess, but the thing with them is they used to talk about how he had a, a front door, a open door policy to the owner. You want your quarterback to ingratiate himself with his teammates more than he does with management. So you see stuff mm-hmm. like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Sure. You almost, you almost want your quarterback to be the dude that's going to advocate for his fellow players to the owner, as opposed to just forging this relationship with an owner and making yourself a little bit apart. It's almost the same thing with Russell Wilson. And while Kyler is a little bit different from them, I still believe this at some point, especially if the Cardinals, if if they're going to go and try to get one of these dudes next year, I think at some point there is a disconnect between him and the team. And for some reason, I don't think that that changes if you change what team he plays for. So he scares me a little bit from that respect. The thing about Kirk, I've always said is, you want somebody to run your offense and put up numbers and all of that stuff? Cool. You ain't winning nothing with him. And, that's, and, I ain't, and I'm never going to change my mind about Kirk Cousins until he changes it for me. I just don't believe because he was on those same teams where RG3 was on. And the mm-hmm. thing with Dak is, I'm not going to make any uh, excuses for Dak Prescott, but I will say this. When people complain about Dak Prescott, and one of the things that they say is, the Cowboys haven't won anything since 1995. 
Um, Dak wasn't there the whole time. There's a dude that's making 300 and some odd million dollars. They're sitting there telling you everything you want to know about football and telling you what everybody's supposed to be doing every week. He was there and he didn't win a playoff game. Why do they act like this 28-year drought that the Cowboys have all of a sudden started with Dak Prescott? Like he took over when Troy Aikman left. Didn't happen. The one constant that they have in Dallas is that Jerry Jones has never replaced Jimmy Johnson adequately. Mm-hmm. And he won't allow anybody else to have the kind of power and authority that Jimmy had. Sure. This is on yeah. Jerry. This is on Jerry. This is him. It's the circus atmosphere. It's the circumventing of the coaches. It's the having a press conference at the end of the game before the coach even has a press conference. It is Jerry Jones's issue. Sure. So until Dak can get away from that situation, I'm not going to have an independent assessment that, that Dak is the problem. Because nobody's saying Tony Romo was the problem. Nobody. People did. People did. They did. They did. That. Okay. Okay. Tony okay, Romo listen. got ripped. No, I Tony ripped. Tony Romo got I ripped. ripped. I ripped. People ripped. And by the way, Tony Romo is better than Dak. So I don't want to hear. Okay. Okay. okay but here's but here's my thing. Don't act like you're going to say that it's Dak's fault, and then in the same sentence bring up all the way back to 1995. Dak Prescott was a baby, a kid in elementary school in 1995. That's not his fault. If you're going to mention the 28 years, then you can't mention the last 10 without mentioning the 18 prior to that. That's my point. The point is this. This is all made even bigger and magnified because it's been 28 years. I would only talk about what Dak has done and what Dak hasn't done. Now, you can't leave the league in interceptions when you miss five games. You cannot do that. You also can't have 11 seconds on the clock and then run and slide and then take time and let the tick, 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 tick go off. Those things are on you. Those are on you. I do wonder this, though. I wonder how much that foot injury has hurt him a little bit because he doesn't seem to run like he used to. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a good observation. Yeah. I want to respond to you, and including that part, because I think that's a good part of, of Dak Prescott's game, a big part of it that isn't there as much anymore. We will uh, continue this conversation coming up next. All right, Tony, I I agree with you. I think part of Dak Prescott's game, and this is why I give the edge to Kyler, and I'm probably the only one. I don't think Cardinals fans would do that, uh, you know, and and be in on Kyler right now, and I get it. I mean, I've talked to coaches that are like, "Ah, man, around league circles, all of this stuff. The Cardinals, you think that the the Cowboys are ran weird, and I get it, they're in the spotlight. That is like prime Patriots compared to what Arizona's done. Where they draft linebackers in the first round. And linebackers that aren't really linebackers, right? Yeah. Guys like that just, don't, yeah. Just, just a joke. I mean, they, they gave A.J. Green $6 million. They they make a trade for, for Zach Ertz, which I think Ertz can play, but it just doesn't make sense. And then you look at that contract now, and it's like, oh, my God, he's 32, and he's making 10-plus million against the cap. Like, there's just so many things. I'm not saying Kyler's a great leader. I agree with you. I think that's a big question. Health is a question. All of these guys are flawed though. And, and they're, they're not perfect. And so to me, I think he has the highest ceiling of the three. And I do think it could potentially be different elsewhere. I think it's weird in Arizona. The pre-draft process was weird from the get go. Uh, I remember that awkward interview with Dan Patrick, where he, he was kind of looking over to his dad, didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Franchise quarterbacks don't have that. So I no. get that. I, that element is weird. That said, I do think there are some teams 
that he could thrive with and in teams that if, if they were able to put young talent around him. And I think there would at least be call me crazy. If Kyler, let's say Kyler shows well this year, but they still stink because the roster stinks and they win three games. He comes back towards the end of the year and shows he's healthy and, and they they get in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. You know, a team that could be in on Kyler next mm-hmm. off season, the team we're talking about right now, he's played plenty of games at Jerry world in high school, plenty of games. And so I would not be shocked at all. If there were a lot of teams in on Kyler Murray that we wouldn't predict today next uh-huh. year. Uh, yeah. Because because if you can get a franchise quarterback, and he doesn't need the biggest personality in the world. In fact, that might actually work well in Dallas. <laughs> I don't know. It might though, especially if he has success. I just want to rule that out. As for Dak, I think he's he's closer to you know the average starting level uh, of player now, like borderline top ten. I think there was a point where he was top ten. Now he's probably like eleventh, twelfth. He's in that Kirk Cousins tier. And that's okay. He's still going to get paid. He's going to play somewhere else uh, eventually if the Cowboys don't sign him to an extension. I'm not saying he shouldn't be a starter, but I, I do think he ha- he has something to prove this year if he wants to stay in that top 10-ish range as a quarterback. Right, so your guesstimation right now, we have to just, since we're going to say they're hot, we have to think about the teams that are going to be possibly uh, in the market that won't be close to the top of the draft to take one of those two or three guys, uh, the Patriots. Nothing, uh, ain't nothing against Mac Jones. I just haven't seen enough to think that Mac's ever going to be that dude. I think the Patriots would be one. I think the the Raiders, Titans, the Titans, Titans, uh, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Vikings. A, yep, the Vikings. If Kirk Cousins gone, well, in fact, mm-hmm. everywhere where somebody's going to be leaving, that that that'd be one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that that the be Dolphins. It. I think he's gonna be fine as long as he doesn't uh, get concussed. No doubt, but I'm yeah. just saying. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the Dolphins? They add Kyler. I mean, yeah, it's they'd have the shortest quarterbacks. They, they'd have they'd, they'd have, have the, the fastest. They'd have a track team. Yeah, they'd I have mean, the shortest quarterbacks, and they already got a track. Kyler, Tyreek, and Waddle. They, yeah, get off the Devin basket. A chain and most of those, those are all fast, man. I'm telling you, that's a that's a serious, serious. It really would be a track team. Yeah, oh, they re- it really would be a track team. But you know, we always have to find a destination for people uh, that will say that will be hot commodities. And I'm not sure Tyler's a franchise quarterback. Um, I, I've been sure about small guys. Uh, I'm kind of sure about the kid in Carolina, Drew Brees, Michael Vick. I, you know, I've always. Never been sold on Baker Mayfield, but Kyler is not yet in Baker Mayfield territory. But and it's not on the field; it's all of that off the field stuff. He doesn't look quarterbackish sometimes. Yeah. And I think when you, I think it's almost like, well, I was about to say, you know, like somebody is political material, but that ain't true no more. That you know, when I grew up, maybe, but now I think anybody can run for office, but. I just think that a quarterback looks looks and conducts himself a certain way, and it's not just how he acts. And I'm not saying that the guy has bad character. But what I'm saying is quarterbacks are looked upon a certain way by people, and those people respond to a leader a certain way. And I don't get the I don't get the um, the idea that that's the way it is with him. I'll give you an example: Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Blake was a great guy. 
everybody in that on that team loved him. He was a gamer, man. I mean, they they really liked Blake Bortles, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think they ever felt he was their dude like that. Is because I think they all knew he had shortcomings. So sure. they'll never elevate you and, and give you the reverence. And you know what I'm talking about because I'm dealing with it here in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, and um, you know, he walks and it's like he walks on water, but he doesn't leave him behind. And I think you're probably dealing with the same with Joe Burrow. You know what it is. It's hard to describe sometimes. I'm gonna tell you somebody else that has to make sure he is able to hold on to that. Deshaun Watson is real close from people looking at him sideways because mm-hmm. sometimes that little bit of a you remember, and this is an example I'm gonna make about him. Remember when Tiger Woods got caught and all of his business came sure. out? Yep. And he wasn't the same. Now he had some physical limitations. And then I tell people, they say, you can't be great doing all that. No, 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 you can. Tiger was great while he was doing all of that foolishness. And so was Deshaun Watson, if what they said was true. They weren't great after people found out about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they have to it play changes. with that, with, with being booed and with, with all these eyes on them. Like, ah, we know what you've been up to. That's when it changes. So, Watson is real close himself. If he has a subpar year this year, people are going to forget about that MVP candidate, top five, Deshaun Watson. They're just going to look at it like a guy who's making $250 million that ain't worth it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you want to talk about stock. I'm not sure anyone else's stock could go up as high as top five. And I think he, you know, if he plays great, he would get that recognition again or drop like a rock, like Deshaun Watson. So he's got a lot on the line this year make sure you hit that subscribe button on youtube follow us wherever you get your podcasts shout out to tony wiggins if you're looking for more he covers the jaguars daily at locked on jaguars i got the bengals covered at locked on bengals and until next time for tony wiggins i'm james rapine thank you so much for listening and watching locked on nfl